0: back. Thank you very much for staying with us. Uh, we are today with uh, Chris Haley and she is the manager of multi-faith outreach uh, with the Best Friends Animals and Religious Network, Religion Network. And uh, again if you would like the address um, where, or the email, the URL where you can uh, get the Religious Proclamation for Animal Compassion, it is at network.bestfriends.org slash religion
1: So, what are the proclamations? What are there? Five or six?
2: Actually, the proclamation itself has a purpose statement, um, a preamble. It has a a body of uh, you know the actual proclamation, and it has a conclusion. Sounds very long, but it's actually not. And at that same website that Charmé just gave a moment ago, uh, there is a little box there that you can click on and read the proclamation in its entirety. And following that are the corresponding five calls to action that we talked about earlier that are a little bit more specific.
1: Okay, would you say the five calls to action? I think this would be good for people to hear.
2: Um, gosh, I don't have them in front of me, and they're, they're a bit lengthy, but I can tell you that they refer to um, animals who are uh, the subject of overpopulation, uh, puppy mills, pets, the kinds of things like that are, you know, only 12% of animals are adopted from shelters, which is a stunning figure when you think of how many 4 million animals a year are being euthanized in shelters because there's no room. And so what that says is that the balance of those animals are being uh, adopted from puppy mills and, and pet stores, and... You know there's a there's a morality there that the faith leaders felt very strongly about addressing.
1: way to go so, way to go faith leaders. And is one of your strong positions with the overpopulation problem, uh, spading and neutering?
2: Absolutely, Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, not only will spaying and neutering, your companion animals uh, help with the overpopulation problem, but it, a lot of people don't realize that if you can, for example, spay a female uh, dog or cat prior to her first heat, you will virtually eliminate any reproductive cancers that might occur later on in her life.
1: Nice. So that's so a he- nice. he- healthy thing, too.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the other calls to action involved uh, wildlife, involved food choices. There was a tremendous discussion among the faith leaders about uh, food choices and the impact on our world, on our environment, uh, by not choosing a plant-based diet. And it goes beyond, you know, their moral desire to um, to honor the lives of animals and the sentiency and spirituality of animals, but also the environment. You know, methane produced by, uh, by cows yeah. in- negatively impacts the environment, as you probably know. So there's that whole environmental side. Yeah. Well, well.
1: I, I notice my um, cats, as I observe what they want, they'll, they'll do a mix, but they've got to have their meat.
0: Yes. Same yes, with us, actually. We're the same we're, way. We're the same
1: way. We, you know, we, we have
0: to have some meat.
1: We're doing a lot of spiritual stuff that makes us more ethereal, and we need meat or we just feel lousy.
2: You know, it, it's interesting because their feeling wasn't... And I think as you read the, the the spirit in which they wrote those calls to action, yeah. there is nothing in there that um, demeans anyone who chooses a meat-based diet. They were very, very careful because that was not the goal. Right. The goal was simply to invite people. You have to meet people where they are. That's the way they felt. Yeah. So what they might say to someone who chooses to have you know, a meat-based diet is, hey, how would you feel about maybe substituting pasta for one of your meat meals perhaps once a week that's what they were really looking for is for each individual to make a choice but make it a qualified choice based on you know coming to a a higher level of understanding about the things that do befall animals who um, are subjected to the circumstances that support a meat-based diet
1: would you tell me your wildlife? You know, I'm really curious. I'm excited that this information gets out to people. I think it's very good information. I feel good with you. What's your wildlife uh, information or uh, positions or suggestions?
2: The call to action about. You got about 30, the...
0: 30 seconds before break.
2: Okay. That they created really dealt mostly with the environment, making sure that man. Does not have a negative impact on the environment that would then impact the wildlife, and it also dealt a bit with some of the trapping and hunting that uh, goes on for sport.
1: Yeah, that—that's—I've uh, seen some real cruel cool things.
0: Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the uh, amazing spiritual stories about animals. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, with sound answers to life's tough questions. Our guest today, Chris Haley, she's the manager of Multi-Faith Outreach at Best Friends Animals and Religious Network, and we're going to talk about... um, how amazing well, animals are. Well, the other are. two of these. Okay, the other two of those and then... And then
1: animal stories. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stay with us. We'll be right back.